Open your Bibles to Genesis uh, 19. Chapter 19. And then after that, it will be Luke 17, 32. Luke seventeen thirty Turn verse 1. It says, The two angels entered Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting at Sodom's gate. When Lot, saw, when Lot saw them, he got up to meet them. He bowed with his face to the ground and said, My lords, turn aside to your servant's house. Wash your feet and spend the night. Then you can get up early and go on your way. No, they said, we would rather spend the night in the square. But he urged them so strongly that they followed him and went to his house. He prepared a feast and baked unleavened bread for them, and they ate. Before they went to bed, the men of the city of Sodom, both young and old, the whole population surrounded the house. They called out, called out to Lot and said, Where are the men who, who came to you tonight? Send them out to us so we can have sex with them. Lot went out to them at the entrance and shut the door behind him. He said, Don't do this evil, my brothers. Look, I've got two daughters who haven't had sexual relationships with a man. I'll bring them out to you, and you can do whatever you want to them. However, don't do anything to these men because they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of the way, they said, adding, This one came here as a foreigner, but he's acting like a judge. Now we'll do more harm to you than to them. They put pressure on Lot and came in to break the door down. But the angels reached out, brought Lot in the house with them, and shut the door. They struck the men who were at the entrance of the house, both young and old, with a blinding light, and so that they were unable to find the entrance. Now you think about it, these guys are blind not only spiritually, but now they're blind physically. The angel said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, a son-in-law, your sons and daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of this place where we are about to destroy this place because of the outcry against its people. And so and it, and it is so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws who were going to marry his daughters. Get up, he said. Get out of this place for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But the son-in-laws thought he was joking. At daybreak, the angels urged Lot on. Get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he hesitated because of the Lord's compassion for him. The men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. Then they brought him out and left him outside the city. As soon as the angels got them outside, one of them said, Run for your lives, don't look back, and don't stop anywhere on the plain. Run to the mountains, or you will be swept away. But Lot said to him, No, my lords, please, your servant has indeed 
found favor in his sight. He has shown me great kindness by saving my life. But I can't run to the mountains. Disaster will overtake me, and I will die. Look, this town is close enough for me to run to. It's a small place. Let me go there, and it's only a small place, isn't it, so that I can survive. And he said to them, All right, I'll grant you your request about this matter too, about this matter too, and will not demolish the town you mentioned. Hurry up, run there, for I cannot do anything until you get there. Therefore the name of the city is Zor. The sun had risen over the land when Lot reached Zor. Then out of the sky the Lord rained burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord. He demolished these cities, the entire plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and whatever grew on the ground, but his wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. Amen. I'm going to stop there. Father, I pray today as I minister your word, God, that our hearts be open, God, your spirit, your anointing be upon my tongue. And Lord, that you be glorified, God. Let us have ears to hear, God, and hearts of understanding. I pray and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's go to Luke 17, 32. simply says, remember Lot's wife. In the passage we just read there in Luke 17, there's the Pharisees that come to Jesus and they ask him about the return of Christ, amen, about the return, amen, about him coming back and stuff. And they're talking about, amen, these things. And one of the things that Jesus tells them is, remember Lot's wife. This is a powerful thing because we're living in and the time that we see where sin and, and craziness is going about the earth we as Christians got to be aware of the time can you say amen we have to be aware of the time of what's going on we see now especially in the United States how they're starting to pass the laws for homosexuality to be rights have rights and all these different things um, now California is passing the law to uh, to, to fund the uh, sex changes for the uh, people that want to have a sex change. And so as we see the world that we're living in, lesbians and gay rights and all these things, but not only that, but as the world we live in, how sin is almost honored in a sense more than what it used to be, amen? In God's house, in God's world, amen, you know sin is always opposite of God. And as we live in the world that we live in and we take a temperature, a spiritual temperature, we see that it's very cold. And we see that we heard about Jesus coming forever, amen? Just like in the time when Moses was there building the ark, his, for many years he was preaching and telling them, amen, that a flood is coming. And nobody wanted to listen because the flood has never come before. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Just like we tell people Jesus is coming back, people say, that's crazy. They've been saying that for thousands of years, amen? And we see all these different things. And we see here in our text where God is in Sodom and Gomorrah, amen, about in Lot, he says, listen, you guys got to get out of here. You, your family, whoever's connected to you, God's grace is upon them. He says, you got to get out of this place because God's going to send judgment. And we see there in the story where he tells his son-in-laws that, hey, you know, we got to get out of here, man. God's, you know, the judgment of God. They thought he was joking that, ah, you're crazy, man. You know, nothing's going to happen. What are you talking about, Damon? Until the judgment came, then it was too late. And we see in the story how, as you look at Lot's life, Lot was a, a uh, 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 nephew of, of, of Abraham, and he knew about God. He grew up with Abraham, and then they parted ways when their when their uh, people and their 
cattle got too big to be in one spot. They were fighting. And, and so at that time, Abraham told him, he says, choose where you want to go. You want to go over there or you want to go over here? You want to go to the desert or you want to go over here where Sodom and Gomorrah was a very uh, plush place, amen? It had a lot of agriculture. It was a good place, green, everything else. So he says, let me go over there, amen? So he went for the pleasures that were over there. So Sodom and Gomorrah was a wicked city. It was a very wicked city, amen, where, man, anything went over there. Homosexuality, all that stuff we see in our text, amen, where the angels of the Lord come here and, and these men are trying to break down the door to get in. It says, man, let those guys come out that we can have sex with them. And we got to think about it. you got to think about his thinking, where his mind is, Lot and his wife, amen, as they're here. Their hearts have been softened. Their hearts have been conditioned and to, to adapt and to live with the sin that was going on in that city. And the Bible says, amen, that Lot was a righteous man. So he knew about God because he learned about God while he was there with Abraham. He saw how God's grace was upon him when he was taking captives. And, and Abraham went and saved him and brought him back, amen. So we, he knew about God's grace. He knew about God's power. But he was living in a place, amen, of compromise. He was living in a place where he shouldn't have been. And he came to the place where the Bible says that he was a judge there. He was at the gate. So he was the one that would help out with, uh, with loans and all that stuff or making decisions, amen, on, on judging people. And so he was in a place he should not have been spiritually. And his wife, amen, she was there. She knew about God. She knew about these things. But her heart was still stuck in Sodom and Gomorrah. Her heart was still in a place of not honoring God. She was in a place where her heart was compromised by the sins of that city, by the, by the influence, amen? If you read in Psalms chapter 1, it talks about hanging out, amen? Let's go there, Psalms chapter 1. About who we hang around or we shouldn't hang around with. Verse 1 through 2. How happy is a man who does not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path of sinners or join a group of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's destruction and he meditates on it day and night. Amen. This is something where God's saying, listen, don't hang around those people who mock God, those people who don't believe in God. Don't hang around the people. So we got to be careful who we hang around. Can you say amen? We got to be careful of those who influence us or how we influence them as Christians. As Christians, we should influence them and them not influence us. And we see here Lot, amen, that knew about God, was letting these people influence him, and he was living in this place, and he came to a place of compromise within his life that affected not only him but his family as well, his wife, his daughters. Now you got to think about his spiritual condition because here he is. These guys want to have sex with these angels, amen, and he's trying to protect them. The Bible says, man, there was a wicked city. They were ready to break the door down. They were going to tear him apart, whatever they had to do to get their groove on or whatever you want to call it. And so, it, you know, he, I think about it. He says, listen, let me give you my daughters. You can do whatever they, you want with them. What kind of father says that? says, they never known a man, but you know what? You guys can do whatever you want with them. And so you got to see this. There's a, there's a spiritual condition in his life that is not good. And you and I, we got to be careful as Christians in, in our lives 
that our spiritual condition does not get compromised by the world. That you and I, friend, that we are ready for the return of Christ, that we prepare our hearts for that day when Jesus comes, because it's been saying it for 2,000 years, amen or plus, amen, that Jesus is coming back again, and we got to be ready because sometimes Christian spiritual condition is just like it was in Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot and his wife, where they start compromising, or they start living, or they start being like the son-in-law to say, well, you know, that's, that's delayed. He ain't coming back tomorrow. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. So we got to be careful in our hearts, amen? It's just like that song we sang, creating me a clean heart, God, renew a right spirit within me, amen? So we got to be careful, friend, that you and I, <coughs> we don't become like Lot's wife and start looking back. Because the Bible says that she looked back. The angels of the Lord told her, don't look back. But because of her heart's condition, because of her love for what was going on over there, she looked back, and the Bible says God judged her, and she became a pillar of salt. we got to be careful, friend, that we as Christians, we don't look back to the world. We don't look back to the former sins. We don't look back, friend, to the things that are not from God. we got to be careful, friend, that you and I, friend, don't not, do not get in that place like Lot and his wife, friend, because it's very dangerous. And how many of us know that people who backslide, they don't backslide overnight? It's a spiritual condition. It's a slow thing. It's a spiritual apathy. And before you know it, they're no longer praising. They're no longer praying. They're no longer going to church. They're no longer reading their word. And what happens is they start to hang around people of the world, and it starts to influence them, and it starts to pull them back where now the things they didn't do, now well, it's not so bad, you know. One beer is okay, or one glass of wine, or one whatever. Or, you know what, just, you know, a little this, a little that, and, you know, and before you know it, it starts to condition our hearts and we start to get sluggish in our memories about remembering Lot's wife, how she looked back. So we got to be careful, friend, that you and I, friend, that we don't get comfortable in the world we live in, kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah now. That we don't live for the pleasures of the world. That we don't live for the pleasures of our flesh. That we don't live for the pleasures, friend, that will take you and I away from God. We can learn some lessons from it. Lot's wife. And it's crazy because when you think about it, Jesus didn't say remember Abraham. He didn't say remember Isaac or Jacob. He didn't say remember. He said remember Lot's wife because he's warning them about not going back. He's warning them about not going back to the things of the world. So in this message, there's a message for saints and the sinners, for the sinners to come to repentance and turn away from their wicked ways but also for us as sinners, as Christians, that you and I get a warning sign that we don't go backwards, that we don't start looking back, that our hearts don't get turned away from God, that you and I don't desire the things of the world. Because Lot and his wife both had a spiritual condition that was affecting them. And it's easy for us, friends, in the world that we live in to, inf to infect us. Like the COVID virus, it passes from one person to the other, and you may not even know you have it for a little bit. So all of a sudden, the symptoms kick in, like, whoa, what happened? And the same thing with us, amen? If, if we're not careful, amen, sin can get in our life or the infect, infection of the world, and before we know it, like, what happened? And all of a sudden, we're infected with something. Can you say amen? So I'm to look at a few things this morning about Lot's wife. you got to consider that she knew about God because she was with Lot. She was with Abraham. She's seen God's power. She's seen some miracles. And listen, she was 
privilege in the sense that she was just married into the only family that knew about God and that was serving God. Even though righteous, his, he was righteous, Lot was still a little uh, so-so. But he knew God and he was still holding on to his faith. And we as Christians, we can do the same thing. We can know about God, but our relationship can be so-so. She saw the clear faith of Abraham. She saw the Bible says that he was called a friend of, of God. Because why? Because he obeyed God and he knew God. She didn't notice his dedication, his worship to the Lord. Amen. The, the altars that he had built and worshiped the Lord. And she saw all these different things that were imparted into his life. And the same thing like us. We know about the offering of Jesus. We know about him sacrificing on the cross. We know about him dying on the cross. But sometimes when we take that privilege and that grace that God has given us and we take it for granted, can you say amen? That grace, that blood that was shed, that sacrifice that she saw Abraham do many times for his sins and for the family, she, she, she didn't totally grasp it. And sometimes we've got to be careful ourselves as Christians that we grasp what Jesus did on that cross for us. And she knew about God because she saw someone serve God. And in our lives, friend, people know about God, but in our lives, how do they see you serving God? Do they get inspired by you? Do they see the clear faith like Abraham had that you have? Or do they see the cloudy faith, amen, that Lot had? Lot's faith was kind of cloudy. was so-so. Amen. He shouldn't have been there. He knew that. My gosh, he was living in a wicked city. And he was living there. Amen. And Lot had many spiritual failures. He traded his tent for a townhouse. He said, man, it looks good over there. He moved to Vegas. Lights were bright. Amen. Everything was going on. I don't go to Vegas. It, it has nothing for me. They call it Sin City. But for me, I mean, you know, if I'm going to go for all the way over there just to eat, I might as well go somewhere closer to myself. I'm not going to gamble. I'm not going to do all that. I've only been there three times in my life, and it's been each time for preaching out there on the streets and going outreaching and stuff. That's the only time I've been there. But I remember going through there and looking on the floor. Man, there's tracks, there's, uh, tracks flyers on the floor for prostitution and call girls and all this crazy stuff on the floor. Uh, if you've been there, I'm sure you've seen that, amen? I remember I had a customer, amen, that uh, he went there a couple years back, and they were just walking through the city. And some guy was there passing out some flyers like that. And he said his daughter was walking behind him, probably 20 feet, whatever. And everyone just kind of cruising, just looking through the city. And this man approached his daughter and gave her the flyer, and he offered her a job. He didn't know he that the dad was up there, but he... He wanted to bring her in to be a prostitute. And the dad, you know, saw what was going on. He came back, and he was going to beat the guy down. But, you know, we got to be careful where we take our families, where, who we hang around with. And so Lot's cloudy faith, friend, was in a place, friend, where he shouldn't have been. And we got to be careful where we go because it may influence us, may influence our family. Bible says about Lot, amen, in 2 Peter 2, 6 8, it says, Later God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them to the heap of ashes. He 
He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also, also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around them. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. And it's funny because his thoughts, but he never left it. And the same thing with us. Amen. We can see it, but we don't leave it. Or we can hang around people that, that and they're drinking and smoking and all these other stuff, telling dirty jokes, and we just hang around them. And before we know it, you're telling dirty jokes. Before we know it, you're doing this or that. You see, she had a relationship with Lot and Abraham, but she didn't have a relationship with God. And the same thing with us. You can have a relationship with a pastor. You can have a relationship with a prophet or a, a bishop and everything else and know about Jesus or even come to church. But you, how's your life? How's your relationship with God? Who knows what she saw or didn't see? Maybe she saw the angels of the Lord. Well, she did see the angels of the Lord because they came to her house. But even in that, it still didn't change her heart. My goodness, these angels of the Lord are there, and they, they knew all the stuff. They blinded these men out there. They had power. They had anointing. And it still didn't change our hearts. We have to ask God to change our hearts. When we get in that place of spiritual compromise, when we get in that place of being like Lot's wife, looking back, what's she looking back for? My gosh, the sin, that's a crazy city over there. And when we start looking back to sin or to the old things, amen, we got to be careful. Say, God, create in me a clean heart. Because we can know about God but still do wrong. Like that movie from uh, Medea, that play, I can be bad all by myself. We got to be careful. We're not bad by ourselves. How many people that come to church, amen, Sunday after Sunday, week after week, year after year, and they know about God, and they know about his word, but they don't act upon it. Because what happens is it gets in our head, but it never got to our heart. Because when it gets to our heart, it'll change us from the inside out. It'll change our thinking. It'll change our desires. It'll change our hunger for God instead of the pleasures of the world. Lot's wife, heart was still there for the pleasures of the Sodom and Gomorrah. Who knows, maybe she had a Sancho over there, all the crazy stuff going over there. Maybe she had a girlfriend over there. But her heart was obviously still there. She looked back. The Bible says that she was from behind him. Carries the idea that she was lagging behind the others. She heard about God's warning, but it didn't faze her. And sometimes we as Christians, we can still hear about the word of God. We can hear about God's warnings. We can hear about God's judgment, and we still, it doesn't faze us. How many here today know the judgment that is coming, and they still do not flee to Jesus for refuge? How many backsliders out there know about Jesus, but their heart is in Sodom and Gomorrah? He is a place we can run to for shelter. God gave them shelter in the city of Zor. God's grace was upon them. God gave us shelter through the blood of Jesus. Amen. And we know we got a home one day. Our shelter. But only a fool walks in the with his eyes 
open to its reality and close to God's closeness. Jesus said, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven. And they said, well, I prophesied in your name. I did all these things. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Because the heart was not converted. They knew about him in the mind. They may have done these things. But how's your heart? And here's a woman that, listen, she was there in the midst of it. And the angels told her and warned her. And she had every act, every opportunity to act and turn to God and turn away from that place. And she died because of her decision. See, God's Holy Spirit will always deal with us. God's Holy Spirit will always convict us. God's grace will be even long suffered for us sometimes. But if finally we get to that place where God says, yeah, no, yeah, stop it. Stop that sin. Stop that compromise. Stop that whatever you're doing that does not glorify me. Thank God we have the privilege of conviction. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that convicts us. And when God calls us to conviction and God calls us to warn us, amen, it's not to harm us. It's to remind you that he loves you and saved you by his grace. Just turn away. Because this woman had some spiritual problems. Lot had some spiritual problems. Maybe, like he said, in her head, she knew about God. But in her heart, there was unbelief still or disbelief. Maybe she thought, He's bluffing because, listen, the Bible says they left, amen, and I don't know how long it took them to get there, but the Bible says when they got there, the sun was rising. So all night, they, for whatever time they had to go to get to that other city. And the judgment hadn't come yet. So, uh, you know, maybe it's not going to happen. And when it started happening, she looked back, and bam, God judged her. And that's the way many people are, thinking that God's judgment's not coming. It's delayed. Well, it's not coming. You know, Jesus ain't coming. You know, this ain't, you know. No, you got to pay attention to God's word and trust him because the Bible says no man knows when he's coming back. When he comes back, what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be praising him or are you going to be out in the world? Is he going to catch you in your sin or is he going to catch you doing godly things? So we got to prepare our hearts. We can't be in disbelief. We can't think that God's bluffing I mean, listen, the rich man, amen, he, he, he now believes in the Bible, amen. The rich man, the poor man, the rich man now believes. Judas, he believes now. And thank God the Bible says that when God loves us, he'll chastise, correct us when we're going astray. And that's because God's love. But we got to remember, friend, that when God corrects us, we got to turn the other way, just like our kids, right? We punish them, we correct them, we expect them to stop doing what they're doing or turn the other way. But because they're theoretical or we're theoretical, we keep going and keep doing it. And then we're going to pay the price. See, Lot's wife had her eyes on all the wrong things. And sometimes Christians can have their eyes on all the wrong things. They want to go back. It was more fun in the world. I had more girlfriends in the world. 
had more boyfriends in the world. Or I need a boyfriend, or I need a girlfriend. You know what? I'm just going to go leave God and go find one on my own. And then before you know it, you're in Sodom and Gomorrah. Because it's not a heart change. What's your, what's your eyes fixed upon today? Because wherever your eyes are fixed upon or your heart is set upon, that's where your feet are going to take you. The prodigal son, amen, he wanted to do his thing, amen. He left his father to go back, amen. He got all his inheritance and ended up partying and doing all these crazy things. So he ended up in a pigsty. And sometimes there's people, amen, they're serving God and they want to go back, amen. They want to go back to the world. They want to go back like Lot's wife and looks back and goes for all the fun, all the fun and all that stuff that seems like it's fun for the moment. It's up in the pigsty or the hospital or dead. prodigal son, his eyes were upon the world. He was blessed with his father. Man, he, man, this is a great illustration of God's grace and God's favor, but he wanted to do his own thing. And when we get in trouble is when we want to do our own thing. We know the word of God. We, we hear the word of God, and yet we still want to go and do our own thing. And when our hearts and our eyes are fixed upon the wrong thing, it's dangerous to us. Because it takes us out of God's plan, God's perfect plan. I mean, no, God has a good plan for your life. But we can mess it up sometimes. Because God wants, the plan is for you, to, you and I to enjoy his blessings and his peace. Not guilt and shame. Those who leave God's plan, God's road, amen, the path he has for your life, end up on the road to perdition, the road to destruction. And then wonder, how did I get on this road? And God said, it's time to make a U-turn. Get back on course. And she was probably deceiving herself, saying, oh, I believe in God. But she was deceiving herself because on the inside, she probably wasn't really saved. She had everyone fooled but God. And like I said, there's many in churches today that make a profession of Christ, but they're deceiving themselves because their life, their heart is never truly changed. They made a profession of faith, but they're never really born again. She proved who she was when she looked back towards Sodom. She proved what was in her heart when she looked back. You see, physically she was out of Sodom, but spiritually and mentally she was still back in Sodom. And the same thing with us as Christians. Sometimes we could be in church, we could be out of there and here, but in our hearts and our minds we're thinking about Sodom. We're thinking about the old times. We're thinking about the money. We're thinking about the girls, the guys, the drugs, whatever it is that will want to take us back Sodom. See, there's a lot of people that turn over a new leaf but are never truly converted. See, because when you're saved and truly saved, when you sin, when you sin or if you sin, it's going to convict you, man. It's going to make you feel bad. But if you're in that place and you sin, and you just say, oh, Lord, forgive me, and they go back to it, get back and forth. There's no conviction in you. 
Let's not fool ourselves like his wife did. Because we can fool everybody, but who knows our heart? That's desperately wicked. Who can know it? So when we're saved and God is doing something, we're going to feel convicted about looking back to Sodom. Don't look backwards. Don't go backwards. Jesus said in Luke 9, 62, but Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So those who start serving God and want to go back to the world, it's not fit for the kingdom of God. And this is a trend in the church today, amen? The church we live in today, nobody wants to be committed to God. Everybody wants to say, well, yeah, that's not so bad. That's compromise. Churches today that say, hey, you're gay, you're lesbian, you come here, it's okay to be gay. Jesus loves everybody. In the church, we, the world we live in today, men and women get married and married and married. Christians get married four or five times. And Jesus said, listen, if, if, if you get married, man, and to someone that just you got divorced because of whatever, he says, you're making that woman sin or you're sinning because you keep getting divorced. You keep getting married. That was not God's way. But the world today just goes for it. Just like they told Jesus. They said, listen, while Moses gave us a law, he gave us a paper. He said, yeah, because you're hard hearts. You guys didn't want to listen. See, you got to be careful, friend, that we don't just dress, act, and walk and talk like the Christians. But then when we leave, we act like the world. We walk, talk, and act like the world. We have to be careful, friend, not to play around with sin. My son Richard, yes, the other day went hiking over here at this uh, little hiking trail. And he said that as they're going there, there was a rattlesnake that was there. And they just kind of walked around and kept going. And his friend says, hey, let's go back by the rattlesnake again. He's like, what? Who do you want to go back by the rattlesnake? And the same thing with us as Christians sometimes, amen? We can say, well, let's go back by the, we didn't get bit the last time. Let's see if we can go by again until you get bit. So we got to be careful, friend, because sin is always a deceiver. Look at Adam and Eve. It's okay, man. You can just eat that apple. It's all right or whatever it is. God ain't going to deceive them. The Bible says, amen, in Ephesians 4.27, says, do not let it get you a foothold in your life. Don't let the devil get a foothold in your life. We got to get radical with our sin. We got to get radical with our sin. If you're in sin, you got to repent, amen? You got to come to a radical conversion in your life and say, you know what, God? Created me that clean heart. Renew it spirit me. God, let me get rid of those sins in my life. Let me get rid of that spiritual deception in my life. I remember a pastor friend of mine years back was telling me that someone was talking to him about somebody that went to the church. And I forget the details, but he was whatever he was telling him, he said, oh, this person goes to your church, oh, this, this. You know, they're doing this and they're doing that. And the pastor said, man, he says, I didn't want to tell that person that, they went to my church because I was so ashamed and so embarrassed. They say, oh, they go to your church and they're doing this. And so we got to be careful, friend, because we're the light of the world, right? 
So what happens is, as this pastor was talking about, that when our spiritual condition gets actually starts hanging around the wrong place, people in the wrong places, then other people will be affected by it. So this person that was saying, hey, you know what, man, your person in your church is not coming at the bar or wherever, this and that, don't they go to your church? Pastor was like, man, I, I didn't want to say yes. So we got to be careful, friend, that you and I don't get go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's keep a good testimony. So when judgment came, friend, the Bible says it was quick. And the Bible says, 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slackening concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. It was God's grace, amen, that was saving them. It was God's grace that gave them the warning. It says, listen, you lot, your wife, your family, your daughters, man, you got to get out of here. But her heart was still there. And so same thing with us, friend. God is long-suffering towards us. God is gracious to us. But today he's saying, listen, Get out of Sodom, amen. Get out of Gomorrah. Get, let, let your heart be changed. Don't let your heart look. But let it follow where God wants you to go. Thank God for God's grace and mercy. Romans 5, 6 through 9 says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God dom demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we be, shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. That's good stuff, friend. That's good grace and mercy, amen, that God is saying, listen, for the born-again believer, amen, we're going to be saved from the wrath of God. God died for us. Jesus died for us. And that's good news, friend. We got to turn our heart, friend, back towards God and not towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And listen, for Lot's wife, there's no pardons, no second chances. She had a second chance when God told him to get out. She was gone and lost forever, and nothing could be done about it. So you and I, friend, we got to prepare our hearts for the next world. Starting today, 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, For God says at just the right time I heard you on the day of salvation, I helped you. So we have to be ready, friend. We have to prepare ourselves for that time, for that day. Today's that day. Today's the day to check our hearts and say, man, are we looking back towards Sodom? Are we looking back towards that place? Or is our hearts, amen, going right and following God? Because once we die in this world, there's no being no more pardons, no more nothing. We're going to stand before God one day and give an account for our life. And for those who are saved, born again, amen, we'll be forgiven. We'll give an account of our lives, but we're still going to be forgiven. But how many know when you stand before God, you want to be in change? Can you say amen? But there's always hope today, friend. We come to Jesus in repentance. I'd rather have hope than hell. I'd rather have the joy of the Lord than condemnation. I'd rather have the peace of God than, than guilt. Can you say amen? Don't look back at the world and the joy of sin because sin always pays more than what you expect. 
I want to close with this. Before we need to remember Lot's wife this morning. That's what Jesus said. He said, Remember Lot's wife. In other words, consider what happened to her before you do anything wrong. Before you go back. Before you do anything that's not of God. And this seems like a harsh story. It seems like something that's just so crazy. But if Jesus brought it up, it's crazy enough for us to pay attention. And the lesson is this. Take God at his word. If he says it, it's going to come to pass. And everyone needs to be ready for that day. Whether he comes back in the clouds or if we leave this earth and stand before him. God's grace is such a powerful thing, friends. But his judgment is also a powerful thing. And maybe you're here in that place, friend, and maybe you might be like Lot's wife. You're considering the world. You're considering the temptations of the world. You're considering the pleasures of sin. You're considering just your heart needs to be changed. Or like your Lot. Lot knew about God. And he had faith in God. But his life was wishy-washy. There's a lot of Christians that lives are wishy-washy in the things of God. The compromises, who they hang around with. Because if your friends are infecting you or influencing you, you should be the one influencing them. Then when they see you, they say, you know what, that's a Christian man. That's a Christian woman. Instead of, oh yeah, they're, they're Christian, but they're cool. They're Christian, but they'll have a sip. They'll have a puff. They'll have a looky. So the only way, friend, that you and I got to examine our hearts today is to see, uh, man, am I like Lot? Am I like his wife? Or am I like Abraham? And listen, there's no perfect person. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But when we judge ourselves and search our hearts and ask God to search our hearts, he'll get us back on course. Can you say amen? Why? Because God's a gracious and merciful God. So today, amen, this is what the Lord put in my heart to minister today. And so we got to just stand to our feet for a second, amen. Richard, put a song on back there, please. Every one of us here, has a potential to be like Lot's wife or to be like Lot. Every one of us here could be a decision away of making a crucial decision. King David made a crucial decision, but God still forgave him. Right? Peter made a decision when he denied Christ three times. But God restored him. So God's a God of restoration. The tribe of Israel, amen, as you read through the Old Testament, so many times they would go back to idolatry. So many times they would leave the God they loved and they would go back. But God's grace, amen, as we read there, is long-suffering. God is patient and kind to give us the opportunity to repent and turn away and turn our hearts and search our hearts and cleanse our hearts. And he's willing to do that, amen. And that's you today, amen. Just close your eyes. I want you to just talk to God out of your own heart.